Welcome to the Grove Community Church Worship Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. Here's this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. Thursday and Friday of this week, bow season started, hunting. And when I was a younger man and had a lot more time and could actually get to a hunting spot within 30 minutes of my house, from, from my door to in the, in the stand in 30 minutes, back in those days for me, I did a lot of prep going into bow season. And I would go out there and I would kind of track where the deer were. This was before cameras, too. I'm old, guys. I'm before game camera old. That's how old I am. And so we would go out there, and you had, to, you had to figure out where everything was moving and where everything was. It didn't, you couldn't put up a video, and it come up to your phone. Heck, we didn't even have phones with screens back then. You still had to either do this or push the numbers, right? There was no flip phone even. Like, this was pre-flip phone old. And you had to go out and get in the woods and scout. And it was not uncommon for me to go out there and spend a half a day in the woods just trying to figure out where I wanted to sit my stand. And because I hunted at that time with a recurve, I had to be right in the middle of it. There was going to be no 50-yard shot or 75-yard shot with a recurve bow. I wasn't that good, right? And certainly not that strong. Couldn't pull back that bow that would be able to do that. And so... It took a lot of time and a lot of effort. And it was often that I would get in the woods and I would start trailing something just to see where it led. And, and I, would, I would be looking down and, and go from one thing to the next and be so focused on, on, on finding out where these deer might be heading and where they might be. And it was this, they, we had this, this kind of this bottom uh, that led into a power line. And in this bottom, it got thick and nasty there. And there were some big bucks in that bottom. And you had to kind of work your way through the thicket and, and, and tall, just undergrowth that hadn't been burned off in years. It was just a, it was a hard place to navigate. But you could get so focused on trying to track where these deer might be going that you would kind of look up all of a sudden and have no clue where you were. And there were times where I had been 10, 15, 20 minutes distracted going one way and look up and I don't even realize where I am. I'm lost. It's not even that big of a place. I think it was only about 200 acres that we were hunting at that time. And no clue where you were. It was so thick in there. And the only way out was to be able to look and maybe find where that power line was. And one time I found it and I walked out to the power line thinking I was in one place and I look up and I was about 400 yards from where I thought I was. It was that disorienting. You see, sometimes we get so focused on these little rabbit trails and going off in our own direction that we wake up and we realize that we're way off from where we thought we were going to be. And it's amazing that when we set our eyes on the wrong things, even if it's just slightly wrong, we end up somewhere way off from where we should be or want to be. You think about it. If you take a one-degree turn to the left, one mile down the road, that's not going to put you too far off course, is it? But if you take a one-degree turn 500 miles down the road, you're going to be way off course. 
This probably happens in your field, I'm guessing, Jeremy. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. When, when you're moving dirt and you've got these plots, and I would imagine for Andy, when he's, when he's planting his cotton and his, and, his, uh, and his peanuts, if he didn't have that GPS device on there, it, you could end up with that line going way like this, even though you don't realize it. Guys, sometimes, sometimes, things that we think are okay that fall within the realm of, okay, this isn't too far off track, can end up sending us in a direction that down the road we don't want to be. Now that's scary to me. I don't know if that scares you a little bit. Not like frightening to where I don't want to make a decision scary, but it's a little bit scary to know that if I'm not careful, just a little bit off of a decision, a little bit off of what my focus is on, and I can end up somewhere that I don't want to be. I'm not going to draw it up on here because this board's not erasing real good, but I was going to draw that and show you. We're going to save this for some of your responses in a second. Today we're going to look at this Proverbs uh, pericope, this little section of, of Proverbs. It's Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 27, and it's going to talk to us about what it means to have wisdom and how wisdom sets our course. Wisdom sets our course. What you need to know about this section of Proverbs, Proverbs, as you go on later in Proverbs, there's a lot of almost one-liners of wisdom, like the wise man does this and the foolish man does this, and that's kind of it. That's the proverb. Well, this section of Proverbs is actually a section of lectures or teachings, and this is lecture number seven in the book. So we're coming to this section, and this is the seventh kind of lecture, and they're divided by these, these um, in this part of it, by, by the saying, my son, be attentive. And so we're going to look at this short little teaching, and we're going to try to find application for our life. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 4, verse 20 and following, or follow on the screen or your smart device. My son, be attentive to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For. So there's a transition there. Anytime you see the word for or therefore, you ask yourself, what's it there for? For. It's causal. There's a cause and an effect. And in this case, the cause is what's about to be said, and the effect is this not letting them escape from your sight. We don't have time to get in the weeds in that, but just... Understand that this is the pattern of this teaching. So there's an introduction, verse 20. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. In verse 21, take these things and keep them within your heart. And then everything that is going to be said from 22 on is under this heading of keeping this stuff in your heart. For they are all life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. So what is what I'm about to teach you in verses 23 and following? Keep your heart with vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So that's the teaching. And it all falls under this idea of guard these things in your heart. 
Now this word for heart in the Hebrew is lev, L-E-V. But it doesn't mean your physical heart only. It means your inner person. It means your attention and your intention. Think about that for a second. It's where you attune and what you intend to do with. It's your attention and your intention. It's also your will. So what he's saying is, look guys, your inner being needs to be tuned into one, to one frequency. It needs to be focused on one plot. I don't know about you, but sometimes I like to plot a point if I'm going somewhere and then I get directions to that point. And again, if that point is off just a little bit, my directions are going to be wrong on Google Maps, right? They're just going to be wrong. But if I put the point on the right thing at the right place, then my directions will be correct. So he's saying if we put our, our pin, if we pin the right thing, if we're going in the right direction, if we have the focus on the right thing, then we will live, we'll attune our heart to it, and our will will align with that. So let's kind of pick this apart then. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Now, this is a, an English translation of a Hebrew idiom. So this was a saying. So he's saying, in essence, the thing that you care most about, care about it the most, almost. That, that would be kind of a, a, a translation of what this what the Hebrew actually says here. So keep your heart as the most important thing attuned to the most important thing. For from it flows the springs of life. So because there is a double, we just say vigilance in our English translation, but in the Hebrew it hits the same idea twice. It uses the th twice. This idea of look, this is important, this is important. It says it twice. Keep your heart and what do you think he means by heart? I mean, what do you think he means by keep your heart? Not rhetorical. What, what does that mean, keep your heart? If the heart means will and attention and what we intend and what we desire, what does it mean by keep it? Say that again. Steady your focus. Someone said something over here. Hold it to a standard, right? So have a focus, hold it to a standard. That's what it means to keep. Have focus, hold it to a standard. Focus your heart where it needs to be and keep that standard. So if, if you know, if you're farming, there's a standard that you got to keep. If you, if you have a, a, a car dealership, there are standards and processes you have to keep. If, you, or if you're director of safety at, at Chevron, there are standards and, and processes you have to keep, right? I mean, all of us have this in, in where, wherever we went. I mean, how, how could you be a principal if you didn't have standards? It would just be a, you wouldn't, you know, be a free-for-all. But you have these standards and these goals. And so it's saying, steady your mind, steady your attention towards those standards. That's where you need to be. Stay in your sweet spot. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you. And then, now he's going to talk about what it means to steady your attention and to keep your heart. Now he's getting into specifics. 
Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. So the first thing that we do, if we're going to stay attuned, if we're going to keep our heart, if we're going to keep our will where it needs to be and steadied, then we need to put away crooked speech and devious talk. Wow. Okay. I can't check that first box. I don't know about you. But that, okay, I'm done. Uncle, I, I blew it already. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. I mean, when a crooked speech and devious talk doesn't mean, I mean, it means anything. It means talking bad about another person. It means calling a politician names. It means what I do when I drive down Airport Boulevard. It, I mean, I'm guilty of this. So if we want to steady our hearts, and we want to keep our hearts and our attention attuned and focused on the right thing, we have to put away crooked speech and put away devious talk. So there are things that we have to put away from us. Then he says, verse 25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze straight before you. And this is guilty again. How many times in a day like this? This is where the tyranny of the urgent comes in. That's where things come in your life and they feel so urgent that you just, you're putting out one fire after another and you lose focus and, and instead of being focused on your goals and what you intended to do and what you wanted to get accomplished, now all of a sudden you're just doing nothing but putting out fires. And it's like me in the woods trying to trail a deer and I'm off over here going this way when God's like, man, I really had something else for you today. It's because I put my eyes, I took my eyes off the prize and I put my eyes on the little things down here. And the tyranny of the urgent has me just tripping over myself and, and trying to put out fires constantly. So wisdom teaches us, Proverbs, that if we want to keep our heart, then we have to steady our gaze. We have to look at the right thing. See the right thing so that you can do the right thing. Let me ask you this. When you look back over this past week, can you think of at least once where you took your eye off the ball? I know I can. Then he goes on, verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet. Now, this is an interesting saying here. Ponder, carefully think about your next step. Don't just, don't just charge ahead. It's not ready, fire, aim. Which again, we get caught up with this tyranny of the urgent so often. We're just, we're just charging through the day and we're just blowing through it, right? And we don't stop and ponder our next steps. We don't stop and focus on the right person and the right thing. And so we just are blumbering, taking these steps, and we're taking missteps all over the place. And we're like me in the woods trying to find my way back to my Jeep, and I'm wandering around in circles. And I'm like, oh, wait, I've been here before. Wait, wait, where am I now? And it's because I haven't kept my eyes on, on Christ. So ponder, think through, what is your intentional next step? Because if we do that, if we take 
time to consider our next step. Take time to consider our responses. Take time to prayerfully consider our to-do list for the day. Take time to figure out how we're going to handle this relationship and this person. If we take time and we intentionally bring it before the Lord and decide, Lord, I want you to help me take this next step. If we do that, we will stay in our lane. We will stay in the direction we're supposed to be. We won't be off one degree or two degrees or 20 degrees. We'll be right where we're supposed to be. Ponder your path. What is your next step? And then finally, do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And again, how often do I fail at this? I know the direction I'm heading, and I know if I turn to my left or to my right that I'm going to be going the wrong direction. But I willfully choose it. Anybody else do that? <laughs> I know this is where God wants me to go, and I know, or I know that if I step off to the right here, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be going in the wrong direction. Or if I step off to the left, I'm going to be doing something I shouldn't do. And I, and I know that, and I choose it willfully. But if we want to really keep our heart, we have to keep our gaze. We have to ponder our footsteps. We have to be intentional. And we have to say no to the distractions. We have to say no to the temptations that want us to go to the left or to the right. And that's hard. It's hard to say, you know what? God, I know you want this. And so I'm going to stick to it. But I really want this other thing. I know, God, this is what I should be doing, but I really want this right now. You have to have some fortitude there. And the truth is, is we've been given the, the ability to do that. And Paul tells us that there is no temptation that comes in our life that we can't say no to. No temptation. Every temptation we face, God provides a way out, and it's never something we can't say no to. Every time, every single time. And so what wisdom is teaching us here is that if we keep our gaze on him and if we mindfully, intentionally take our steps in the direction that he wants us to go in, if we're not distracted by the tyranny of the urgent and if we don't give in to temptation, our heart will be where it needs to be. And from that flows real life. Jeremy, I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about hitting planes. You know, the plane that your back comes through. But just a, a little tweet is a difference between a home run and a ground ball, right? I mean, it's just a little bit of an angle. And how many times are we grounding out when we could be sending it on Waveland Avenue? How many times? I asked myself that as I was, I was working on this sermon. I'm like, how many times have I blown it just because I've been a degree off? Now, I don't want to put a guilt trip on you, but this is just where I lived this week. I was like, man, God, how many opportunities have I missed because I was a degree off? Because I grounded out instead of hitting a home run. 
How many times have I wandered off my path because I'm, you know, like the, I'm, I'm, I'm like my dog in the backyard when a squirrel goes running and then the cat's up on the fence and then another squirrel runs across him and then I throw his toy. I mean, he's all distracted and all over the place and sometimes I feel like that's my life. I'm just, whatever, whatever's got my attention. Or how many times do I willfully say, okay, God, I know this probably isn't the right thing, but I really like it. How many times? And in doing so, taking myself out of the sweet spot. It's a heart matter. And if our hearts are in tune with the will of God and not our own, then all this other stuff becomes easy. Now here's what I want to do, and here's why the whiteboard is up here, because you've been waiting to know, I'm sure. You've been enthralled, like on the edge of your seat. Here's what I want you to do. Now, we don't have it on the screen, so you're going to have to do this manually. So if you have your Bible, open it up manually. Or if you've got your smart device, open it up and look at it. There's recurrence that happens here in this, in this teaching. There's a recurrence of body parts. Now, anytime you're reading scripture and you see something that stands out like a theme or the recurrence of something, something that happens over and over again, you have to stop and go, whoa, wait a second. There's got to be a reason behind this, and there's always a reason behind it. So there is, there's a list. So I want you to tell me what body parts you see in the scripture. Don't just yell out body parts, Billy McGee. Heart, all right, that's the, that's the first one, Heart. Or not the first in order, but it's, you know, the one we've talked about. Ear. Ear. Mouth. Eyes. Feet. Anything else? Skin. Foot. Thank you, though. <laughs> Anything else? I think, that, I think that covered it. I don't think there's anything else. So heart, ear, mouth, eyes, feet, skin. This is at every level from top to bottom and from inside and out, right? You see that? By the way, this word for heart, lev, that is our word, our Hebrew word that every Christian should know, Sometimes it's translated organs. Not just heart, but organs. Sometimes it's translated throat because it's out of your heart that, that you speak. And so throat, that inner part of your voice, it's where your voice is. They thought your throat, and rightly so, came from your, I mean, your voice came from your throat. So sometimes they said heart was throat. So it's from the inside out and from the top down. Why do you think that is? Not rhetorical. Answer. I mean, please. Why do you think that the teacher of this proverb does this? What's say that again? Your whole being. I mean, in a way, it's almost poetic. He's saying that every part of your being, from the soles of your feet to the to the top of your head. 
to the stubble on the top of your head. And everything in between, from the innermost part of your being to the skin, every part of you. And the point is, is God doesn't want just some of your day. He wants all of your day. He doesn't want some of your attention. He wants all of your attention. He doesn't want one step in the right direction. He wants all of your steps in the right direction. And I know we're going to blow it, but let's not use that excuse as an excuse to blow it. Ah, I'm just a human. Ah, I'm going to mess up. So why not mess up now? (laughs) Woohoo! Listen, incline your ears to what I'm telling you because this is very important. Let these things I'm teaching you not escape from your sight. Keep them in front of you. Keep them within your heart. And by the way, this is an allusion to the Ten Commandments. Where were the Ten Commandments kept? Very good. Ark of the Covenant. Thank you. I knew you knew it. I was just waiting. All right. In the Ark of the Covenant, where was the Ark of the Covenant kept? In the Holy of Holies. And what, what occurred in the Holy of Holies? What else was in the Holy of Holies? Not, I'm not talking about furniture. What else was in the Holy of Holies? God. The presence of God. And so this illusion for keeping the things in your heart is an illusion for stay in the presence of God. Stay in relationship with Him with all of your being, with all that you have. And this world will be a better place. The whole, but He wants all of it. I want to challenge you to something. Throughout this week, every day, I want you to turn back to this verse these verses. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. And I want you to read them, and I want you to read them in the morning, and let it be your true north. Let it be the thing that you set your compass to. And if need be, if you're anything like me, it's a need be, turn back to this throughout the day. Maybe two more times, maybe three more times, maybe five more times, I don't know, maybe once an hour, maybe set your chime on your watch or whatever. But I want to challenge you to do that. And maybe this becomes a habit for you. Because this world throws a lot of distractions at us and a lot of opportunities that aren't always the right opportunities. Guys, let's set our compass. And let that compass be Christ. Let it be God. Let him be the one that guides our hearts. That day when I broke out of the woods and I finally got to the, to the power line and I was like, oh yeah, I know right where I'm, oh my. I had what should have been just a, a matter of minutes to get back where I wanted to be was like tracking through swamp. Literally, that power line, because it had been chewed up from power trucks over the years and then rain and saturated, it was muck. And my boots up to here were covered. And every step was just a slog fest out of that mire and that mess. And it was miserable. And by the time I got done, I was like, that'll never happen again. Guys, maybe you've woken up and you found yourself in the muck and the mire and you're way off course from where you want to be. And it might be a sludge 
fest to get back, but it's worth the journey. I hope this message was meaningful and powerful to you, but I also hope that it was challenging. And as always, don't just hear it, put it into action. Until next week, have a great one.